Chapter 15, The Song of the Sea, Shiratayam, is the great song of the Bible. Torah tells us that after Israel had witnessed the destruction of the Egyptian army, in the words of the Torah, the great hand of God, what God did to Mitzrayim, and they believed in God and in Moses, God's servant. Oz Yashir, Moshe Uvene Israel, then did Moshe and Israel sing this song to God. Chapter 15 is a song about God. It's completely and totally about God. The people have witnessed God's redemption. They were not players in the redemption. It was God who caused the sea to split. It was God who caused the sea to come back together, drowning the Egyptian armies and bringing the Israelites to safety. The beginning of the Shira talks about the God of war. Verse number three, Hashem Ish Milchama, Hashem Shemo. The God in the song is a God of war, and the song then describes the destruction of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army. Markavot Paro Vichelo Yarov Ayam, Umifhar Shalishav Tububi Yamsuf. It describes how the army was drowned, covered by the great deep, it describes God's might, God's powerful right, right hand perhaps, Yimincha Hashem Nedari Bakoach, Yimincha Hashem Tiratzoyev. That's how the song begins. The song is, of course, about the defeat of Mitzrayim. But what is interesting to note about this particular song is that whereas it's the defeat of Mitzrayim, it has uh, allusions to another kind of battle, kind of mythic battle. We know that in the stories of creation of the ancient Near East, typically in the beginning of time, there was struggle between various forces. And these forces basically were forces of the deep. They were called Tanin, they were called Tahom or Tiamat, they were called Yam, Rahav. And these, uh, these uh, terms are found not so much in the beginning of the Torah, although Tanin is mentioned, but throughout the Psalms and some of the prophetic writings and the book of Eov, the book of Job, there are allusions to this other way of seeing creation, unlike the first chapter of Genesis, in this mythic struggle between forces. In the Song of the Sea, it's interesting that it is primarily about Mitzrayim, but there are allusions in the language to a different struggle, to a struggle of God against these mythic forces. For example, Yam. Towards the end of the song, Kibasus paro brichbo uvefarashav bayam, vayashev Hashem alohem et mehayam, uvenayisor hachubayabasha betochayam. So the yam is mentioned three times in verse number nineteen, and yam is mentioned earlier as well. Sus vrochvora mavayam, as is tom, as is tiamat, tomoti chasyumu yadu bimtsalot kamoavin. 
it's not perhaps even so much an allusion to a mythic struggle in which the, in which the great God defeats other forces. There is that sense, of course, uh, in the song itself, Michamocha Ba'ilim Hashem, Michamocha Nedar Ba'kodesh, who is like you amongst the gods, quite literally amongst the gods. So the song, the poem, seems to recall a different way to see creation, different than we read in the first chapter of the Torah. And it reminds us of two things that we had encountered earlier in the story of the Exodus. Firstly, God's statement to Pharaoh before the last set of plagues that the purpose of the plagues is that in order that you know, there's no other like me, which suggests there may be others, but they're not like me. But it also reminds us of a verse we read earlier where God said to Moshe, I will bring judgments against the gods of Egypt. And in fact, there are allusions throughout the plagues to some of the Egyptian gods. The great god of Egypt was the god of the sun, Ra. The Torah plays off the word Ra. Uh, And the ninth plague, of course, is the plague of darkness. So that the story of the Exodus seems to be not just about redeeming Israel from Egypt and defeating the Egyptians, but there are allusions here to the great struggle of God against other forces in which God is victorious. In fact, I would say even more than that, God is using these other forces to defeat the Egyptians. It's not just that God defeats them, but God actually employs them. God employs Yam, God employs Ta'om in defeating the Egyptians. So this is all part of the great struggle. The God of the song of the sea is Hashem Ishmil Chama. But there's actually another description of God that emerges in the Song of the Sea, and that's towards the end of the song. The end of the song speaks of the God who takes Israel through the deeps and brings Israel uh, to God's sacred mountain. Ad Yavaram Hashem, Ad Yavaram Zukanita, in verse number 16, and then 17, to the aim of a tita aim of Baharnachotra. God will bring us to God's uh, mountain, to the place of your habitation, the place that you have established, the, the sanctuary, the temple of God, that your hands have made. Hashem and God will reign forever. So the end of the song speaks not just of the war, but of bringing Israel to the holy place, to the Mikdash, to the temple, the place that God's hands establish. The temple later in the book of Exodus is the place that Israel establishes. Israel builds it with God's direction. But the Song of the Sea is all about God. It's not about Pitzalel, it's not about the builders, it's not about those who donate. It's the temple that God is to build. And there God will reign forever. The song speaks of God as king. So it's interesting when we think about the song, the king fights wars. That's one of the functions of the king. But in the Song of the Sea, the king also builds the temple. And in fact, in the very beginning of the song, 
In verse number two, Aziv is God is my strength. God is my salvation. This is my Lord, I will unveil, Naveh a habitation. This is my God, and I will house God. So the Song of the Sea speaks of God as king. God is the king who fights wars. God is the king who builds the temple. And shortly after the Song of the Sea, in chapter 15, after we cross the sea, we come to a place of bitter waters, a place called Mara, bitterness. And the people, we are told in chapter 23, could not drink the bitter waters. And when the people complain, what shall we drink? And Moshe cries out to God, and God sh- showed Moses a, uh, a tree, an eight, or a piece of wood. And Moses throws the piece of wood into the water, and the waters are sweetened. Sham sam lo, choku mishpat v'sham niso. And Mara, we are told, the first thing that happens after we cross is that there, in Mara, God gave the people choku mishpat, rules and ordinances. Chukimu mishpatim. So we have, right after the Song of the Sea, God as the one who instructs, God as the one who gives rules and laws, chukim and mishpatim. It's actually very interesting. If we think about the king of the Bible, the king of the Bible, as the people requested in the book of Samuel, give us a king who will act as our judge and who will fight our wars. In the book of Samuel as well, the king will be the one, the kings, who both find the place of the temple and the book of kings who build the temple. That's the book of Samuel. That's about the human king. But the divine king in chapter 15 is the one who fights the wars, is the one who builds the temple, is the one who gives rules and laws, chukimu mishpatim. So truly it can be said of the Song of the Sea and the story that follows immediately thereafter, Hashem yimroch v'yoram va'ed, God shall be king forever. Pookie? Yeah. I can't close this thing. Come here. I did a second one. I hit the save button. Doesn't seem to work. Hi, Shira. Send us two things. Oh, okay. Bye.